Sorry to disappoint you. So what was your expectation? Nah, I'm just an everyday dude. Oh, you expected perfection? This is what Christianity is supposed to be like. I make mistakes. Like, lots of mistakes. I'm just trying to do the best that I can do. I guess I'm just imperfectly human. Welcome to the first ever crossover episode of the Imperfectly Human podcast. This is a crossover with iProgress and um, I'm joined, well, we are joined, should I say. So it's Dr. Johnson and I and we are joined by Dr. Bailey and Mr. Hart. (laughs) How's everyone doing today? Good, good. Good. Cool. So... I hear this uh, this topic that we got today was uh, Mr. Hart's uh, suggestion. Yeah. So, <laughs> so y'all thank him. Y'all thank him. I heard you teed this one up. Yeah. Say what now? I heard you teed this one up. This this was you. Uh, I, yeah, I guess so. Uh, it was a conversation that Terrence and I had. It was a couple of weeks ago. We were just, you know, just candidly talking or whatever. And, um, I don't know, we just kind of got on prayer or whatever, and we were just like, hey, sometimes you got to be careful what you pray for, man, because what you pray for is what you get. <laughs> so, so yeah. Be ready for what you pray for, huh? Be ready right. for whatever you pray for. Right. I hear, I hear that. When Terrence told me what the topic was, I was, he called me. No, actually, I think I called him. He, he said, you got a minute to talk, so I called him. And he said, oh, we, we had this idea. And then he told me what the topic was. And, man, I was like, I'm ready to do this tomorrow. They're ready to go. But um, I'm so excited about this episode. Um, and I guess, how do we, Terrence, how do you want to take this one off? Well, I guess guess what, what how we can start it off is just, um, I guess, an example that each one of us have about what we prayed for and then what we got. And I guess that'll kind of give a good framework to kind of go forward into it. So, so yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do I need to vote myself in first? Okay, you go first. Yes. <laughs> you can go first. Look at everybody. Yeah, go first. See how y'all do. I mean, you know, I always go, but I'm saying you can go first. Okay. All right. So, for me, one thing that I, I prayed for, um, well, it's something that I, I've been consistently praying for is, you know, Lord, give me uh, give me the revelation of how to use my, you know, the gift that you've given me for your service. Uh, and when I prayed that, I didn't necessarily know what was going to come from that. And it's, a, it's an example of something that I'll talk about a little later on, because usually when you pray for something specific like wisdom or something like that you think the knowledge is going to come from the prayer but the wisdom comes from the experiences that God then leads you through to extract the wisdom from it so a lot of times we want the the end result but we don't want the journey to get what God is giving us through what we pray okay that's a mouthful right there <laughs> 
<laughs> right, who wants to go next? Well, um, um, go ahead, Jeff. Uh, well, I guess I can say, man. Um, I guess when I was when I was working, <laughs> um, you know, you kind of pray for you know to go in a different direction, and then once that that new direction actually shows up. It typically comes in a form or in a way that you did not did not expect. So, so definitely over the past year, um, you know, uh, like I said beforehand, I prayed to go in a different direction and and do something different. And like I said, this is this journey through this year. You know, I just be honest, it didn't look like I thought it would, but you know, it's been it's been rewarding and um, refreshing all at the same time. Yeah. And for for me, I'm going to talk about kind of what I've been praying about maybe over the past six to eight months. And so we've talked a lot about it in, in group and even online. You know, I've been praying that, you know, God remove the ego from me uh, or remove my ego out of situations in order for me to move forward in life. Because I think the ego hinders you from getting to purpose or hearing God's voice because if we're validated by our own accomplishments, then it's not about, you know, him. It's about our own gratification, our own self and being rewarded. And so in order for me to connect with purpose and in order for me to hit that next level, I need to remove the ego in regards to areas, even of being offended or, um, or receiving, you know, praise or acceptance um, because that's not what I need for the next step. I just need to hear his instructions. Okay. I can relate to that. Um, so for me, it's been kind of similar to kind of similar to Jeffrey's. I prayed <laughs> so maybe three years ago or a bit, a bit longer, 20, 2016, I prayed for God to take me out of what I was doing um, my full-time career in IT and to allow me to truly be that creative person who created me to be. And that journey, I prayed that journey, I prayed that prayer hard. And that journey, I, I quit, I stopped working um, on one of my projects. So I, I cut off all my clients, October 2016, went full on into doing some stuff with, with my wife and we were, we were like, oh, this is awesome. We're going to be good. Everything's, everything's looking good. We started a renovation project and doing all of this stuff. And then slowly it felt like everything was imploding. And it was more, there was stuff, and, and I'll explain. So because I had my own, my own business, the business had a life of its own. So even though I wanted out, things needed to be closed off of that business. Now, I hadn't been paying close enough attention to what was going on in my business. And I always hold my hands up and say I was not close enough to the finances of the business. So when it came time to wind up the business, I realized that things weren't in, the good, weren't in good shape. So... I had to then start a process of somehow letting all of that go in the most 
structured way possible. And it kicked off a chain of events that meant I went back into work doing IT again. And it's been, and I'm, I'm literally still going through the process of trying to wind all of these things out. And it does, it never looked, I never saw this coming. Everything that's happened has blindsided me to the point where um, my faith took a massive hit where I was like, look, God, I asked you to, I asked you to, 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 to help me get into my, to what you created me to do. And I feel like you just threw me to the, to the wolves and left me. <laughs> and that's because I had this perception of how it was going to look. And it was going to be this magical flip the switch and everything was all good. And, and, and I was going to walk into this new thing and it was going to be amazing. And everything else would be a past memory. And that is not how it happened because God is a God of structure, order, and he wants things to be done the right way because if things are left open-ended, it can come back and derail the purpose that he set you on. So that's my, that's my story. <laughs> so, um, man, I wrote some notes from everybody with, what each one of you said. And I think the most important thing, and it reminds me some Kendrick sent us a, a, a sermon that TDJ did last week. And it was kind of like his Bible study. And the thing that I took from it was the container and the content. But the level he was, he used it on the container is like our flesh. The content is like our spirit. And we're at war between those things. Constantly, day to day. But in context of what we're talking about today, it made me think about prayer. So a lot of times our prayer is from a container standpoint, meaning we pray based on what we know we can do and the external thing. So like, God, I want you to give me this car or this house or this job because that makes my container my flesh look good. I can put some clothes on. I can pull up in something that I like and people be looking at me, oh, how you get that? So it's attention seeking. But if I pray from a content standpoint, then the content is always about what God has in me and for me to activate that and to then to allow God to activate that in me. Now, once it's activated, I don't have no control over how he allows it to manifest. And a lot of times that's why we don't want to pray certain prayer. It's not that it's not from a container standpoint, it's from a content standpoint and it's from a spiritual standpoint. So if we pray for wisdom or strength, it's not going to make our container or our flesh feel good. It's going to be what's in us to activate. And that's the thing. That's the dividing line between Okay, you praying for something, or uh, you know your flesh will have to then decrease so what's in you can increase. It's funny because I'm going to say the reason why I said I relate to what Kendrick said was as part of this process. Um, so my IT career, my IT business, made me a lot of money, and you know I had a top of the range. Um, Land Rover, I had a nice house, suits, always dressed to the nines, and 
it, and as you said, Terrence, it made my flesh feel good. Mm-hmm. And what God needed to do was slowly start to take away that ego because what what my friends revered me as the person, the successful one, the one that knew about business. And part of that, my ego was was inflated. And then when I realized that actually I had dropped the ball about, you know, God allowed me, the, he took the blinkers off and I saw I dropped the ball on the finances of my business, which started a chain events of events, which meant that I slowly had to reassess everything that I put value in in my life. And my pride was being hurt. But God needed to strip my pride away and strip my dependency on what I had allowed to become idols in my life. Because, and this is something I said to Terence the other the other week that we as Christians may not say we may not come out and say, oh, you know, we worship money. But the reality is, because of the prosperity gospel, because of the capitalist society that we live in, we have naturally put money on a pedestal. Now, it's, it's a subconscious thing in, in most Christian lives because we, we worship the blessing and not the giver of the blessing. Hello. Hello. Say that again. Say that, say that, say that, say that again. So in most Christian lives, we worship the blessings and not the giver of the blessing. We go up on stage and we give a testimony and we give a testimony of what God has given us. But the focus of that testimony is God gave me a house. God expanded my business. That is, that is the symptom of what God has done. The real work that God did in you, maybe that he, changed, he, he dealt with your pride. He dealt with your, he gave you more faith, which gave you the ability to believe and for an opportunity that seemed impossible to become possible. But that's not what we go and talk about. We talk about the blessing that came, uh, the, the physical or what we what we did with that blessing. With yeah. what we blessed with. So, so I had to go through that process of stripping that out of myself. And so David brings up a, a good point that I was going, you know, go into next is most of the time we miss the purpose of the blessing because we get distracted by the goodness of the stuff. And so that's how we typically, you know, get uh, um, lost in what we get sometimes because when I talk about the ego and why, you know, I pray to remove the ego because at different points in my life, you know, I forgot it was about God and I thought it was because of how good I was. So I was so caught up in being good or great that I lost sight of the gifts and the talents he bestowed upon me. You know, you know, I I was using them for my good instead of you know his good. And I used to tell Terrence, I used to have these stats running in my head. Like 90% of the people that see me get better, and that's out of 200 and some people I saw all this. But I I was distracted by the content instead of you know, the blessing of what God really gave me was the gifts that he was trying to nurture inside of me. And so, so he had to put, he had to send me on the long route to show 
me be careful what you pray for because I prayed to be in a position for that, but in getting in that position, he was showing me who I was in the mirror and showing me how far removed from his presence I was. And to kind of, to kind of piggyback off of that, you know, one of the things that we do, you know, going back to praying for the actual things or the actual blessings or whatever, when we should in turn pray for the wisdom and the knowledge on how to handle those mm-hmm. blessings. Because um, one of the things that I've been doing lately is going is reading through the book of Proverbs. And, you know, they talk about, you know, uh, Solomon talk about wisdom, 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 wisdom. And, you know, he's, uh, you know, they the Bible says he's the wisest man to ever live. Therefore, he was the richest man that ever lived. So, so it come down to the fact of, you know, instead of actually praying for the, the actual things, we should be praying for wisdom. So that way, when those things come, we'll know how to handle them, you know, in a common sense way. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, oh, okay. So, all right. So what Kendrick said and what Jeff just said, I'm going to link them together. So Kendrick was saying about the long way around that we have to go sometime. And the reason why sometimes it takes a lot longer is because it's certain things that need to die off in us that God knows that if he gives us the blessings while we still connected to those things, we will kill the thing that he has purpose for us. So just because it's taking a lot longer, it doesn't necessarily mean that we're not equipped for it. God is trying to identify what we need to kill off first before we get to that thing. And then just like what Jeff was saying, the wisdom keeps you in a, a humble place. Because if you constantly asking God for wisdom and how to do things, then you showing that you honoring his place in your life. If you got it, then you're not going to be praying that prayer because you're going to think that you know more than what God knows. So you're like, God, just give me what I want. I got it. I can handle it. But if you come to him and like, well, I look, you don't have to help me. I don't know what decision to make. I don't know what to do. I don't know. I need you. To take this over and it's a, it's a more surrendering place. And that's what a lot of us, we don't want to do. We want to tell God what we need so he can, we can quickly get to the next step instead of trying to get the knowledge and wisdom to understand why we're in the situation we're in and what it's producing in us to get to the next level. Okay. Go ahead, Dave. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, um, well, Kendrick and Jeffrey said something that got me so excited. And um, I'm going to take it from, from big old from where Jeffrey dropped off. And that was about Solomon. So I was, I'm a, I loved Solomon's story. And um, my last, my last album project. Um, so this is something that started for me about 2009. My last album project, it was a free series. It was, free, it was supposed to be three albums. I only did the first one. But they were based on taking the book of Proverbs and splitting them into three. So each album would have co- covered 10 chapters. So I only did the one, the one that covered the first 10 chapters before I retired from Christian hip-hop. But what I love, it, it led me, the Bible study carried on and I went to Ecclesiastes. And what I love about, about Solomon's story is that 
by the time you read Solomon's story in Ecclesiastes, he's at a point where he he is saying everything is vanity upon vanity. Uh-huh. Even the wisdom that he prayed for, he realized that the wisdom was not enough to sustain him without the presence of God. He started to talk about, well, I thought that I could find happiness in my work. So I worked and I built vineyards and I acquired slaves and I acquired this and I got, and I spent my time drinking and, and I thought I'd find pleasure in fun. And, and he, he pursued everything only to come back to say that it's all vanity without God. And for me, that really summed up and changed the way that I approach prayer because I, I realized that even when I was praying for what I believed was my purpose, there was one critical thing that for me that was missing in the formula. So I started to add in one simple statement into each prayer. And that was um, something I took from um, what Jesus said in the garden of Gethsemane. And that was not my will, but your will be done. Mm-hmm. Here is, and, and Terrence, we've talked about this on a, on a previous episode. It's committing your plans to God. So whenever I you know, I may think that this is, I know this is my purpose, and I may, I may think this is the plan that God has laid out, but I then need to take that plan and say, God, this is what I want to do, but not my will, but your will be done. If this is your, if this isn't your will for me, then so be it. If it's not, then open my eyes so that I can see where you want me to be, because I don't want to take another long journey to get to where you need me to be. Um, yeah, so I had one thing while you were, while you were saying that is when you approach prayer from that standpoint, you're focused on the content of what God has put in you. A lot of times, what we do, we pray from our context, what's going on right now, and our content and context are not going to be equal. So, a lot of times, we have to pray harder in the context that we don't enjoy the most. So when we don't have the money, we have to pray as if it is already there. Or whatever we're praying for, we have to pray from a standpoint of God, you put something in me that would then get me to what I'm praying for, but I can't allow what I see every day to then make me it, it, it deters me from praying because that's that's what the enemy wants us to do. The enemy wants to be distracted by everything that's going on around us, so we won't pray. So it's like, I, I can't pay these bills. I ain't, this ain't happening. Whatever. I you know I ain't you know make no sense me to even pray no more. It just, I just give up. And that's that's what the enemy wants us to do. Just like in the Bible says, you know, men should always pray. It doesn't mean that we should pray when it's good or we feel good about it. Sometimes we might be praying and don't even know the word to even say. Like, I, I'm just here, Lord. I just, you know, and that's why, you know, and the Bible says, you know, worship in spirit and in truth. Yeah. When you learn to then pray not from your own knowledge, but allow like the Holy Spirit to pray for you, then the Holy Spirit will pray in context to what's inside of you. So the, you might not even have the words, but the Holy Spirit will have the words for you. Yeah, I think 
that goes to uh, sorry, let me just find it. Uh, Romans eight twenty six, mm-hmm. um, and it says, uh, "And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness." For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, man, this is. I'm not. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. This is blessing me right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is ministry to my soul right now because just that just that whole thing about not wanting to pray mm-hmm. and there was something I, I can't remember who said it to me um, because I, I when I was younger I'd say man I don't want to pray and and they would say to me well that is when God needs you to pray. When you don't want to pray, that is when you need to pray, because it means that you are, you are, you are at a point where it's like you're, you're at a breaking point where you're about to experience a breakthrough of some sort. Mm-hmm. You can either break through or be broken in that at that point. Okay, say that again. Say it. Say that again. Say it. Say it again. <laughs> at that point. When you don't feel like praying, you can either break through or be broken. Yeah. And and, and so it, it goes back to our topic today, be careful what you pray for. Um, because when people look back over times of their, their lives, and this kind of ties into some, some of the things that you were talking about as well, David. Be careful what we pray for. Sometimes we pray for things. And when you added the piece, you know, let it be your will, not my will, because the things we pray for sometimes God allow us to obtain them so we can understand the purpose of us securing what we ask for. Because sometimes what we pray for, we absolutely don't need. We absolutely don't want and we absolutely are not ready for. It. And so may I give an example you know, my brother, people, you know, God's always sent people to warn us in our life when something's not for us. Mm-hmm. But yet we still, he gave us the, you know, the freedom and the power of choice. And so he's going to let us make our own decisions, whether it be for our good or not. And so when, my first job I ever had, my brother, he said, Kendrick, you might not want to do that because he was an intern there. And I was like, man, Kevin, what you talking about, man? This is going to be a good thing. This ain't going to be bad. He was like, okay, I told you, Kendrick, this might not be what you you know, want to do. And I took that first job. And although it was great for me professionally, it was horrible for me on a, a personal level and spiritual level because I had to give so much of my time to something but it was also an environment that took so much from me um, personally, you know, if, as far as, you know, confidence wise, as far as, you know, being a builder uh, and a nurturer, it took a lot of those things, you know, out of me. But I, what I learned is I asked for it and I got absolutely what I asked for. So be careful what you pray for, because you're going to z- get exactly what you ask for sometimes and it's up to you to learn what you were intended to learn from that. So you don't continue to repeat 
those same mistakes in your future. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's something Terence always says. He, he always says that we can go, we can go one way, and God is gonna that way we take is gonna bring us all the way back around to that same decision point, and we can keep making the same wrong decision as many times as we want, but we're gonna keep coming back to that decision point. The one thing I'll add to what Terence says there is that. Yeah, we can keep coming back to that same decision point, but our time on this earth is limited. And the Bible says that, you know, if we don't praise him, God can raise up stones to praise him. So if we don't fulfill our, our purpose, we can be moved out of the way. So sometimes when we need to be kept, when we pray for something and we, we need to be conscious of, of why we're praying for what, where is that request coming from? Is that request coming from a place of grace, love, peace? Or is it coming from a place of pride, lust, greed? It's what is, what is the driver for that? And, and these, you know, I, I, we, call, we call the show Imperfectly Human because we, we want to express the fact that no matter how much we, no matter how we strive to be holy and, and to be righteous, the fact is that there is a sinful nature that the law unlocked in us and that is fed by our deeper knowledge of the word of God. Because the more we know what is, the more we know what is right, the more we want to do what is wrong. So we all have that capacity to show lust, greed, and to, to want those things that aren't right for us. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's, it's not, you know, you don't purposefully go out there to pray for what is wrong for you. But when you're not feeding, and, and I'm going to take it back to one of your episodes, when you're not connected to the right source, mm-hmm. <laughs> you fed from the right power source, mm-hmm. you will pray for the wrong things. Because you're not being renewed by his word. Yeah. When you were talking, this this is what I what was coming to me. So we pray for things to change, but we don't pray for ourselves to be changed. So we always want what's going on around us to be like, Lord, fix it, Lord, do it. But we don't ever say, Lord, fix me. Heal mm-hmm. me. Change, you know, clean my heart. You know, all that. And I think that's what prepares us for the things that that God wants from us is because we got to get ourselves right. Just like you say, you got to have your own, get your house in order. Well, we got to have our own houses in order in order to move into what God has for us. But then to go back to what Kendrick was saying too. So we've kind of been talking about be careful what you pray for in a sense of we're praying for the wrong thing. But what if what we're praying for is limiting God moving in our life? Mm. Maybe we're not being blessed because we pray in limited prayers. Yeah. If we serve a big God, then why are we praying so small? That's that's good because we talked about that a couple of weeks ago where we're praying for stuff sometimes that we can accomplish ourselves when when we 
asking for, when we're looking in our mind for a supernatural blessing, mm-hmm. we're praying for things that we can do on our own. Right. And in order for us to really connect and believe what God has for us, we got to dream big and connect with the things that we see and not and, and not be afraid to speak it into existence. Because um, like I said, a lot of time we talk and I, I'm guilty of seeing it all the time. Well, I'm going I'm going to ask, I'm going to hope for the best, but the best is, you know, just 10% of what I'm really looking for. Um, and, and so you get sidetracked in, in what you're praying for. And, you know, you don't allow that faith to grow because you're not asking for what you really see. Mm. Yeah, that, that is, that's something I always say to my daughters that um, it's something that I've decided. And it's funny. And I, I'm going to give an example. So, I tell my daughters, and I've always said it, that one, I like to live life with, I want to live a life full of, without regret. I don't want to get to the end of my life and, and look back and say, what if? Two, if I can dream it, that means God has put everything I need to accomplish it in me. Mm-hmm. So the limiting factor is not God, it's me. Yeah. my capacity to believe in that dream that he has put in me. Now, this is something that I've been drumming into my girls since they could understand me. Um, but it's only something that I've started to try and walk in the last year, you know, the last year or so. And it took me you know, and we always come back to it. When I met Terrence, mm-hmm. I met Terrence talking to Terrence about um, my um, my professional career. About yeah, yeah, you know, I could do this. I, I could help you with this and this and that. And then we, and then once we started talking about our faith, it was like something else happened, and I started to let Terrence in on what my real dream was and what my real vision was, mm-hmm. and then. I will say this to him. He, he life excavated me on the right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he 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 got me to stop hiding. I was hiding from what I knew God had put in me. It wasn't. I wasn't afraid to. And and I'm going to flip it. I'm going to flip it around slightly. So. I wasn't a- afraid to pray what um, for what I believed God wanted to do, and, and this is what this has come to what Kendrick was saying. But the prayer w- and and what you said, Terence, but the prayer was limited. In my heart, it was limited. I didn't really give it my all to say, "I know you can do this, God." But I said the words, of, "Yeah, I want to do this," but I didn't truly believe because. I was afraid to let go of the comfort that I had built around myself. Yeah. So I'm just going to throw this out here because I don't know if all y'all caught what David just said about Terrence. And I don't know if T caught what David was telling him. You know, he just took life excavation to a whole new level and connected the dots of what life excavation really is. Um, So I will tell you what David said. So okay, because I, I was listening, but you listening in a different way. So go ahead. <laughs> so, what if life excavation 
and I know we see it in the physical, but if yeah. we don't necessarily look at it in the spiritual. What if it was really meant to help people take their smaller dreams and to show them what God sees in them instead of what they see in themselves? Because uh-huh. what you did with David, David had to trust you enough to show you what he really had and for you to show him another layer to it. Uh-huh. But what if it's meant for you and we say it all the time, what it shall be to do that for everybody you come in contact with because they only have a piece of it, but you got the rest of the, the map. You got the rest of the treasure for them to connect the dots. All right. So I, I answer that. So that's how I, when I come in contact with people, that's what I, I see. So just like when we talk about uh, talking with Dr. Bruce, talking about, you know, who, who we shall be, I see people as they shall be. So as I, I'm speaking to everybody, and like I say, y'all know it just from being around me, the stuff I'm saying to y'all is not what I think y'all should do, it's what you got. And once you talk to me more and show what it is, I can pinpoint that thing. And so all then I'm reiterating is the thing that's within you that you haven't tapped into. And so it's the same way with God and how we pray. God already knows our contents, but we focus on the container and we say, God, I've never done this before. Lord, you know, I, I, ain't, I ain't always right. I messed up. I need this. So we make all these excuses of what what we believe our limitations are. But you look at the people in the Bible, they contain the one right. Everybody got used in a miraculous way. They were some they were some people. They, they was they were some of God's people, you know, that they did some stuff. But he wasn't concerned about their outer. He knew what they he put in them. And just like with um so thinking about going back to the to the container, we will focus so much on our outer abilities that we would then use that as an excuse not to be used by God. So a lot of times what we do is we praying for stuff that we then will go and sabotage because well, our prayer is for the content, but our container overrides that. And so then we'll do stuff that'll mess it up. And he was like, Lord, see, Lord, you know my heart. Lord, you know I ain't right. Lord, you know. And so then that's the way the enemy can move us off our path. Because now we focus on what we did wrong, not what God called us to do. And it's a difference. So here's your disclaimer out there, everybody. Be careful what you pray for. Because if you ask God for certain things and they put you in Terrence's rearview mirror or side mirror, or in person with them, just be ready to have somebody habitually push you where you may not think you're ready to go. But I like to say that this is the second piece to be careful what you pray for because sometimes God going to put you around people that's going to push you to meet your, you know, your expectations or the vision that he has for you. All right. So I got one more thing to add to that. So when we pray, you know, we want to be used by God, 
it's not for us to be used in a way that we feel comfortable with. We want to put parameters around how God can use us. Like, Lord, use me Monday through Friday, but Saturday, Sunday evening, I ain't available. So, you know, you mean, oh, Lord, I'll go here, but I can't go too far because, you know, I got gas. I need to put in my car, so I can't go this far out. I'd be around in the local area, but don't use me too much. Lord, use me, use my voice, but then don't put me on too many platforms. I don't want to be in front of people like that. I don't want people to think that I got a big head or whatever like that. So we try and control all these things. And God, like, you said you want me to use you. You ain't got no jurisdiction of how I use you. When you say you want to be you and you saying, Lord, use me, you giving me permission to then usher you into your purpose. But don't put parameters on me because you're not going to get to where you're going to get to. Hell, <laughs> say you talking to her today. She said you talking to her too. Yeah, look, look, man, look. I'm gonna get back with me. I'm gonna call Mel too, cause look, she she got some more excavation too. <laughs> <laughs> so something that was interesting um, when I was preparing for this. There's a way that David consistently prays, mm-hmm. and. He um, he always says, Lord, listen to my prayers. Oh, God, do not ignore my cry. Or, Lord, pay attention to my plea. Um, and that's kind of us sometimes. Now, what is, the Bible tells us that David was a man after, after God's heart. Mm-hmm. But the Bible also tells us that David was an adulterer. David was a murderer. David did some... Crazy things. Yeah, lusting. Yeah, <laughs> that's a man after my own heart. He still, he still used the line of David to introduce Jesus to the world. He, his promise to David was that I will, through your line, I will create, um, I will bring a son from your line whose kingdom will never end, whose, whose reign or whose throne will endure forever and ever. And that son was Jesus. Um, and there's something about David's prayer that just catches me all the time. It's Although David is such a flawed individual, he knows how to tap into the heart of God. He knows how to pray to God and connect with God in a way that even when it's, when he's saying, Lord, hear my plea, his plea is generally, I, Lord, I'm asking you to do what you believe needs to be done. I've not read a prayer of David or a Psalm of David where it's David crying out to say, God, I want this, I want that. He is saying, Lord, protect me because they are attacking me unjustly. Lord, do this because not for my name's sake, but for your name's sake. And all of these things, it's, and that's the lesson that we need to draw from David, that what it means to be a man or a person after God's heart is that when we pray, we pray for the things that, that God wants, not the things that we want. Because ultimately, 
when we do what the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God, everything else should be added on, will be added on to us. Um, and for me, that's, that's kind of, be careful what you pray for, because one, if you open the floodgates, like you said, <laughs> yeah, be ready for the rain, be ready for the water, be ready we yeah. be ready to be washed away with what God is gonna is gonna pour through. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. what God will pour through not only will be if you truly embrace what you've prayed for, not only will it be enough to sustain you, but the overflow will be enough to say sustain those around you and even more. So I, I got more. Let me say. Alright, so when you were talking, what I what was coming to me was, you know, God will make your name great. And so a lot of times we try and make a name for ourselves and we won't allow God to establish our name. So we'll pray for things that will sustain us for right now, but God is trying to establish us to create a lineage and create a legacy from our name. Yeah. So we thinking about just tomorrow, God trying to think about people, not only just you and your immediate family, your grandkids and so on mm-hmm. and so forth. So he's trying to position you so your whole family name can be positioned for the future. Yeah. And as David was talking, I was, so the scripture that I came up with, and we hadn't hit it yet, but I think David tied what I was going to read in pretty well. And TD as well. So I'm going to read Ephesians 4th chapter, 22nd through 24th verse. It said, so get rid of your old self, which made you live as you used to. The old self that was being destroyed by deceitful desires. Your hearts and minds must be made completely new. And you must put on the new self, which is created in God's likeness and reveals itself in the true life that is upright and holy. So a lot that pretty much sums up everything that they was just saying, but also what I was talking about, be careful what you pray for when I was talking about to rid me of the ego. Because when you rid yourself of the ego, you understand that you you know truly can submit yourself to God. And not be afraid of what the next steps are going to be. Um, and it goes back to another, you know, sermon that T.D. Jakes, you know, had well for Bible class, leaning into uncertainty, you know, because when you, when you pray for things, you got to be mindful that what's going to happen, you don't have any control over. And so you're definitely exposed to the Holy Spirit. But your purpose. It made me think about what I what I said last week on the podcast about you know faith uh, and how that scripture you know now faith is the substance the things hoped for uh, and the evidence of things not seen. Yeah. So it's like in order to have faith, you have to believe in stuff that you can't tangibly touch or feel. But you have to believe in things that you, so the evidence of the thing that you want cannot be seen. 
So you got to believe in stuff you can't touch. And then you got to see stuff that you can't see. So it's like faith is the key to unlocking what you want or what you're praying for. But it's not uh, in addition to it. So you can't have faith once it comes. You have to have faith that then that manifests what you're praying for. So you can't have one without the other. So like if you're praying, you got to have faith that God will do it because of who he is. Because God, God gives us opportunities for him to be God. So if we sick, then we praying that God is our healer to heal what it because that's who he is in our life. Not saying that, oh, Lord, I don't know if you can do it. You know, I'm bad down, Lord, I'm in this hospital, Lord. Like, no, this is in the script. This is what the word says, who you are. If if I'm financial, I need some financially, then he's my provider. And he can provide what I need financially. But if that's not who he is, he won't be there for me. So God, God moves in relation to how we see him. Just like, you know, in the Bible, he would be like, you know, who does man say that I am? Everybody got different perspectives of who he is. But if you got the correct perspective of who he is, he can be that for you. But he's not going to be what you don't believe him to be. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that kind of that kind of ties into uh, the verse that I had that I had picked out. And um, it's Mark 11. Um, 22 through 25 and you know this is after you know Jesus had you know cursed the, free, cursed the fig tree and they had died and he, uh, Jesus answered them have faith in God I assure you that whoever tells this hill to get up and throw itself in the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believe that what he says will happen it will be done for him for this reason I tell you when you pray and ask for something and believe that you have received it and you will be given whatever you ask for. And when you stand and pray, forgive anything you may have against anyone so that your Father in heaven will forgive the wrongs you have done. Mm-hmm. So that kind of ties into the whole thing that he was talking about, you know, faith or whatever. You, you have to have faith, but then you also, have, you also have to have belief at the same time that whatever you're praying for, that you already have it. So mm-hmm. that way, you know, so that way that you can have it. Mm-hmm. And, and one one important thing at the end that I think a lot of people miss also, and it's something that we've talked about a lot, you know, this year, mm-hmm. is forgiveness. I'm smiling. I'm smiling. You say <laughs> <laughs> Because, because, you know, if you don't have, and, you know, I mentioned it last week also, if you don't have that forgiveness, then it's, it's plain right there in the word. That if you don't forgive, then God won't give you what you're praying for. So, so, so that's why we that's why we keep saying that you know forgiveness is very important, right? Because if you and then you also have to look at it too is if you're praying for something and it's not happening, check your heart, check your forgiveness, mm-hmm. because it's right there in verse twenty five. Mm-hmm. When you stand and pray, forgive anything you have against anyone 
so that your mm-hmm. father in heaven will forgive them wrong you have done also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you talking good, Jeffrey. I just want to let you know you're talking good. Tell me, tell you, I like telling stories, but uh, <laughs> this, this, is a, this is a recent one. But for me, everything I, w- I was so glad Jeffrey caught that because for me, everything centers around grace. We are products of grace. Our faith is underpinned by grace because we are undeserving of salvation, yet it was freely given to us. There was nothing we could do to earn it. There was nothing we could do to, we could, there's, not, there's no way that we can pay for it. Um, but just bringing it back into, into context, um, so my parents, my mom texted me on the weekend and said, oh, um, just to let you know, our house back home in Nigeria was burgled. So she was like, I was like, oh, man. So she said, it's the third time. So she, she sent me the video. I watched the video. I called I called her and I said, um, you know, how, how are you guys feeling? How is dad feeling? And she was mad. She was mad. And she was like, yeah, I've been, she's like, I'm kind of done with it. But I could tell she was still mad. She was low key angry. She, so she was, so she was like, oh, I've been praying. I've been praying that, you know, they, they, they're going to be cough, coughing up blood until they confess. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> I was like, whoa. I was like, I was like Mom, that's, that's not biblical. <laughs> but I was, what I wanted her to appreciate was that, you know, in the same way, although, although those people do not deserve her mercy and her grace, mm-hmm. she should be praying for them. She should be praying that whatever situation has caused them to live this life, that God will deliver them from. Whatever challenges they are facing that, that mean they, they feel that burglary and robbery is the only way to, to survive, then God help them in this situation. Extend grace and extend mercy. And then what you need from God will be taken care of because God doesn't see it doesn't, it hasn't passed God by that. That's that the repairs on the house is going to cost them a fortune. It hasn't passed God by that their house is being violated on free occasions by different people. And it's constantly targeted because people know they're not there. I'm like, God sees all of these things and God knows that you have a need in that area. But until you have forgiveness in your heart, and you can extend grace to the people that have hurt you, you can't truly unlock what God has in store for you in this area. So that was, I, I love that selection of scripture. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you definitely have to get your posture right. And we have to have a posture like Jesus or like, you know, as Christians, because, you know, like your, like your uh, podcast and Perfectly Human, there was only one perfect human and there was, you know, Jesus, he was man and God, but his posture showed us that he can forgive everybody during that time and as the time came up until now and as time continues on. And so we got to be in a constant state of forgiveness. So we got to have a posture like we forgive people just like we've been forgiven. And if our posture is not correct, sometimes we miss out on the things that will come to us 
because we had learned the lesson that we were supposed to learn. And taking that long route, you're supposed to rid yourself of the toxins and things that, like Terrence said earlier, that's meant to die out of your life, you know, or that's meant to be killed out of your life. And if you don't rid yourself of those things, you can continue to spiral alone in those same circles. And so, you know, I tell people all the time in therapy, you know, in conversations with family, you know, you got to be in a constant state of forgiveness because, you know, we were forgiven and we've done much more wrong, you know, sometimes than we can ever do right. And we don't deserve, you know, the things that we have, but yet we receive them. And so be careful what you pray for, um, because like I said, sometimes you're going to get what you don't deserve. Sometimes you're going to get what you do deserve. And sometimes you're going to get way more. Um, But what is your posture like when you're praying? Because if your posture is wrong, that's another part of why you don't receive what you're asking for. Mm -hmm. I'll say one thing, before, and then I'll let Ter- Terrence okay. turn that down, but something you said there, Kendrick. So right now as Christians, we don't get what we deserve because we deserved eternal damnation. We deserved death. Instead, we got life, and we got mm-hmm. life more abundantly. So right now, we don't get what we deserve because when God looks at us, he doesn't see us. He sees a reflection, which, is, which and the reflection he sees is his own son because of what was done on the cross. So as you say, when we, when we are in receipt of so much grace, when we are in receipt of so much goodness, then if we are truly being, and, and, and I always liken this back to marriage because one of the things people always say is, oh, I want a wife who is submitted. I want a wife who submits to me. But the scripture says, wives submit unto your husbands as your husband is submitting unto Christ. So until until we can do our part, you can't expect. Yeah. And that's the same with this. Until we can extend grace you block your own, you block the goodness and the grace that is being poured out to you. Yeah, we ask for what we're not ready to give. That's crazy, ain't it? The things that we ask for, we don't be ready to give it, and we wonder why we're not receiving it. Say that again, and then I got something to say after that. Say it again. Say what you said again. I said the things we ask for, we're not ready to give, but yet we scratch our heads when we don't receive what we ask for. Mm-hmm. My, my, my. See, he talking good today. Now. He talking good. <laughs> Man, that's, ooh, that's heavy. That's heavy. Uh, ooh, that's heavy. Okay. I'm a, okay, I'm going to say this. I kind of want to come back around to that, too, because that was just good. But when Kendra was talking uh, before, the visual that I got when you're talking about posture. So what if in order to get what God has for us, our posture has to change or we've been missing our door because we refuse to lower our ego. So if I don't want to, I don't want to forgive somebody. That means I don't want to then lower my level. And maybe the door that God has opened is lower. 
So I can't come into the door on the posture that I'm in now because I'm too high. So God wants me to lower myself down because that's where my door is. So I can lower, open the door, open it, and he got all these doors open, but they're not at your <laughs> eye level. You got to come yeah. back. You're talking about the eye of the needle head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So just just like just like what Kendrick was saying, it's so easy for us to point out what's wrong with everybody else. No, you doing this, no, you doing that. But you not even looking at yourself, and that's why you can't you can't access the thing that God wants you to have because you refuse to look at yourself. And that's the thing. So it's like, so stop praying, Lord, open the door, is Lord position me to where the door is. Yeah. Align my posture to where you have the door. Then I can get to the door because he got doors open all around me. And strip the extra stuff off of me so that I'm not I can actually fit through the door. Right. So I gotta lower myself and I gotta take this baggage off that I've been carrying too. Yeah. So that's the forgiveness stuff. The stuff I haven't forgiven, that's the that's on my back. So if I can let yeah. the weight down and then change my posture, then I can access it and then I can fit through it. Because some of us, we can lower ourselves and humble ourselves, but we still haven't forgiven all that stuff. And then we try and then we get stuck. <laughs> you know, kind of, I, I kind of got the visual of, mm-hmm. you know, when they say uh, somebody that has a big ego, they have a big head. You know, you got the big head. Yeah. Well, you know, like I said, your ego is real big and you got the big head and yeah, you can't get through the door anyway, no matter how how you trying to get down or whatever. Now, if your mm-hmm. head too big, now you're not going to fit through that door anyway. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, you, yeah. Have to, you have to deflate your ego so that you can deflate your head so you can get through. Mm-hmm. Man, y'all got me thinking. So, you know how they say people always stay in glass houses? Well, what people mm-hmm. really need are houses that are made of mirrors so they can see themselves. Because the glass houses just let other people see you. But houses of mirror allow you to see yourself for who you are. You talking? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't go past that. Don't go past that. Go back to that. You talking good? You talking good? what I said is, we often talk about people that uh, you know stay in glass houses. They can't throw stones. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't have the opportunity to throw stones if we stay in the houses of mirrors because each of us could see our own reflection, and we uh, have an opportunity to check ourselves. And get ourselves right before others can see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I think everybody needs to construct a house of mirrors and write on the walls everything that you don't want to see, but you see. Mm-hmm. And like we was talking about the other day, Terrence, at the end of twenty twenty, we need to write all the things down that we want to get rid of. So yeah. instead of a vision board, mm-hmm. instead of constructing a vision board. Of what you want to do in 2021, your vision board for 2020 should be all the things that you want to read yourself of and purge yourself of and things that you want to kill off so you can move to that next step and get in the door that you need to get into or humble yourself to get into the rooms that you need to get into. Because sometimes the reason that we don't get in the rooms, because like Jeffrey said, I'll our ego to be, and it won't allow us to fit through the door, and people don't want to be around with self-absorbing people. 
So sometimes when they immediately see self, they're gonna have to stop you at the door and turn you around because you it ain't enough room in the room for self and all the rest of the people. Boy, this thing's so good. I'm about to take myself. I'm telling you now. I'm telling you. Oh, but okay. So when when Kendrick was talking, man, I got a couple different visions, but I, I'm gonna go with this one. So just like he was saying, you know, sometimes my head's so big that nobody else can fit in the room uh, with us. So maybe the size of our own ego, our own head, is blocking us to being aware of the people that can help us. So our head is so big that we can't even see nobody outside ourselves. <laughs> so then, Lord, you miss my help. But then in our mind, like, I don't need no help. I can do it all myself. I got you. I got it. So now we can't even we can't even have access to the people that could help us because our head is so big, we blocking everybody else's voice out. So we run around like bobbleheads. Right. And then you know when you're a bobblehead, you can teeter and fall real easy. And we wonder why, like, Lord, why it's so hard? Why I keep falling? Because you, you your head too big. You ain't even in balance. Hey, but that's the long route. The long route. Is we got our heads so inflated we keep falling over that it takes us much longer to get to where we're trying to go. It's kind of yeah. like the children of Israel. You know, they ain't have their foot to go with. I think somebody, you know, it, it would have really took them 11 to 13 days to walk where they was actually going, but they went there for 40 years. That's the long route because they kept tripping over themselves. And when you constantly trip over yourself, you don't actually get to go where it's meant for you to go. Oh, I got okay. I got another point to that. Okay, so just like you were saying, you know, it normally it would take them only like eleven to thirteen days to go the journey they went, but they got hindered because of people that were in their camp that didn't believe in where God was leading them to. So you had to be careful who you got around you because then they will make your journey longer because they don't fully believe in what God taking you either. So sometimes the people around us, we have to separate from because they'll have us in the wilderness a lot longer because they did believe. Another point. Go ahead. I'll, I'll wait for you to go. E- ego, ego. So Moses, why didn't they get into the promised land? Because Moses lost his temper and struck that rock. Mm-hmm. So if you don't get your ego in check, as you said, your ego won't let you through the door. The other bit I wanted to point out was that even even in the 40 years that they wandered, what did God do? He provided manna. Mm-hmm. Yes. He was a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. He gave them everything they needed, even though they didn't deserve it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. even when we are walking around with our ego and we are still acting a fool, God still steps in and preserves us because he believes in that purpose that he has given us. And because he is not man that he would lie, he will not deter us from our purpose. He will not take our purpose away from us. We are the ones that sacrifice and give up our purpose. We we don't sacrifice. We give up on our purpose. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Man. It, so, 
even even when we don't do what God wants us to do and take the long way around, he still provides the manna from heaven. So even if we don't have what we want, he always provides what we need. And a lot of us have been sustained by the manner that God has been giving us, but that's not what we want. So now God will provide the manner every day, and we don't even want that. I'm going to take another step, Terrence. So God gives it. So how did the manner work? The manner was provided, and the manner was only good for one day. Right. So God gives us what we need at that very point. Right. Well, try and do is take what is what God has given us for for one day mm-hmm. and make it last for one year, mm-hmm. five years, ten years, and we're carrying around something that's rotten and stinking up the place mm-hmm. and thinking that and, and then we're wondering why it doesn't work. Why why isn't this effective? Why isn't it nourishing me? Why why am I getting sick from this? Because it's past its expiration date. It was good for a, a fixed period, but you're trying mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. Okay, so then the, the, the thing that I got from what you were saying is the manner went as they went. So mm-hmm. the manner went with them. And so like you were saying before, Sometimes we want manna in the same place, but God had put manna in another place, and we don't want to go to the new place. Mm. Right. <laughs> yeah, so what we're praying, what we're praying for exile right now is for where we're going, and we don't want to yeah. go. We saying, "Lord, I'm stuck." He said, "Move," and I got the yeah. manna going. He was leading, and they was complaining. He was leading, and they was complaining. Every time he helped them overcome something. They complained even more. And so their posture was wrong. They didn't understand what was happening at the time. But I bet if they could look back, they would have been like, well, I would have changed my stance. I would have changed my posture because I was just looking at the situation. I wasn't looking at the whole journey. So some people are nearsighted. They can only see from situation to situation, but they can't see the whole journey that they've overcome and so they're distracted by the situation and so they would never be able to fully appreciate the journey man look I this has been blessing me I, I'm just going to tell you now it's been blessing me <laughs> it's been blessing me I've seen the comments go up and and I'm People are asking how you're going to follow this up on Thursday. And I'm like, whoo, thank God I'm up there on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> hey, David, good for us. We might have to talk about something else. Thursday, we might have to talk about a whole new topic. And you know, we're supposed to hear something totally different. So, uh, yeah. But it, like I said, this is why we really wanted everybody to be on today because it just. It's something that's beneficial to us as we talk, um, but we know it's beneficial to you too. And that's that's really what we call to do. We just call to have the discussion and to present it in a way to kind of connect to the people. And however God used that, however it's moving in you, touching you or whatever, then that's what it's supposed to do. 
But yeah. just know it's hitting us before it get to you. <laughs> so, yeah. so we, we've been we've been blessed. Uh, we've been blessed today. Comment I saw earlier where um, someone said that it takes a lot of spiritual maturity. To, um, oh yeah, yeah. Right. And one one of the things that um, reason why the imperfectly human podcast exists is that acknowledgement that hey, I am flawed, I am imperfect, I am human. So that attitude can can come up when it wants to come up. That pride kicks in when I don't want it to kick in. That ego kicks in when I don't want it to kick in. Today I was sitting here talking business with my wife about things we want to do in the future and she was trying to give me some design ideas and I I was like, I I got this. I I know what I'm doing. That's my ego because I I was feeling like I know better than she does. And I'm like, no, I don't. No, I don't. Because for all I know, the vision for the branding and all of this thing, God may have given her the vision, not me. Sometimes we think that we are the only ones that are in receipt of the key to get us through the door. But when you're taking a journey with someone, they may have the keys and you're just, or they may be the one that's supposed, it might be their turn to drive and you're supposed to be in the passenger seat. Yeah. And then when the time comes, you swap and you take, you drive and they get to rest. So we constantly, when we talk about imperfectly human, we're constantly checking ourselves. And the reason we do this is to share that, you know, we are not perfect. We don't know which is living this Christian life the best that we can. But the, the, the key to it is being willing to change. It's being willing to acknowledge that you aren't perfect and that you are a product of grace and that grace is the only way to move forward and to grow with in, in your Christian walk. Once you embrace that, once you find yourself and once you start to try and practice graceful Christianity, you suddenly see changes in other areas of your life. You see changes in your relationships. You see changes in your temper and your and your and the way you approach adversity. You know, I can I can give you stories about adversity, and um, sometimes I, there are points where I don't want to get out of bed. I've said it before. At a point when I didn't want to get out of bed, but when I realized that by grace I am saved, I'm here as a product of grace, I shouldn't have even – it's a gift that I see each day. The way that I approach everything suddenly starts to change. And therefore, when I see someone and when someone is acting a fool and I really want to go upside their head, I learn to say, well, actually – God didn't go upside my head when I deserved it. So <laughs> I'm going to fall back and learn to take a breath and let that person go. It doesn't mean that I'm not angry. It doesn't mean that my, my nose isn't out of joint. It is. But I choose not to act from a place of pride. I choose to act from a, a place of grace. And yeah. that's why 
Um, Kendrick, you said this on, um, I can't remember what episode it was, but you said uh, you were talking about the power of life and death in your tongue. And, um, and that is, for me, that is one of the key things about grace. When you operate from a, from a place of grace, you know how to use your words correctly. You know how to use your tongue correctly. You will speak life in a situation even though you're in pain. You will speak yeah. life to adversity even though you're hurting. Yeah, no, that man, that's good. Y'all showing out today. T <coughs> got his hand over his mouth like he, he really. T got his hand over his mouth like he really, did, you know, to show out. But this has definitely been a great discussion. And I'm not ending right now. I'm just, I just want to tell people how you know great and special this was because when Terrence and I, you know, started doing this in January, we didn't know why we was going live. And then going live in two on two different platforms for two different things. But as the year continued on, we understood why we were doing what we were doing because we had to start having real conversations with real people about real things that was going on in their lives real time. And I know that's a lot of reals, but it's because we so conditioned to being fake that we don't really have these real conversations. And so what if 2020 was the time for you to remove the fake or false self and the ego and to get in touch with your realness again so you can ever elevate your platform and be a better version of yourself in 2021? You know, everybody, you know, has endured the same things, but some people have been replenished during this time frame. Some people have mended relationships with their families during this time frame. And some people have just all all around gotten better. So be careful what you pray for. Because sometimes when we pray for all these things that happen, they happen, but they don't happen in the time or the way we want it to happen. It happens during a pandemic when it's a pre- when it's pressure that's being applied and it forces your hand to do the things that you wanted to do. So stop being a habitual avoider and start doing the things now and get your feet out of quicksand and move towards purpose and not continue to be lackadaisical in your own stuff. Kendra, you just you just gave me a revelation. What have we as Christians been praying for for the longest time? We would every church you go to. Oh, God, bring revival, bring revival. So what did God do? He allowed a pandemic mm-hmm. to force people to be in a position where they had to pump their brakes and slow down and to mm-hmm. move so slow enough that they could actually realize how far they had run away from him. <laughs> no, that's good. I'm going to tell you the visual that's going on in my head. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have your attention. Can you hear me? And mm-hmm. at some point, it's gonna get so bad that people are like, you know what? I hear you. I I understand. Yeah. I submit. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna get my posture right. Yeah, 2020 has been like the year where it's like the Hebrew boys in the flames, and I know Keon talks about that. Uh, on tackle the text and and Terence and I have talked about it, but you know they went into that fire bound, 
And the only thing that was, the Bible says the only thing that was burned off them was the ropes. And they came out and they didn't even smell of smoke. Mm -hmm. Now, their faith, now if, if any, if one of them had lost their faith at that point, what would have happened? They would have, it, they would have all burned up. Not just the, not just the one person that lost their faith, because they they went in as you know. When God puts you in a situation, He doesn't put you in by yourself. He puts you. You you may have other people with you. He puts you in. He puts you into into this situation with people who are tied to your purpose or tied to your destiny. Now, if one of you is that weakest link, if one link breaks, the rest suffer. So it it can you imagine the pressure that was on in that fire right there? They must have been talking to each other like, "You good? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. You good? <laughs> yeah, I'm good." Because they had to hold that faith, and then suddenly they see the the God looks in and sees the fifth person in there, and he's he's like, "Oh." Sorry, he sees the fourth person. What am I talking about? He sees um, the fourth person in there. And you're like, okay, just in the nick of time. I bet you in that fire right there, they were at a point where they were like, I can't hold out anymore. I can't do this anymore. And suddenly the angel appeared and their faith was renewed and their strength was restored. And they felt like they were, they were swimming in, in cold water. Whereas they were surrounded by the biggest flame yeah. ever. Oh, um, look, I'm gonna open you. I'm gonna get on out the way. Hey, Terrence. Huh? What you say? You hear me? Uh, uh. Say it again. I don't know what it is. Say it again. I said it's up to you to wrap it up. Okay, so here you go. You, you can't hear me. Yeah, I got you now. All I'm right, to wrap it up. So this this is what came to me. So this is what I've been it's just it's been consistently on me the last about five minutes to say. So <laughs> think about Job. So the book of Job, he go through all of these trials and tribulations that he had and he lost and he go through all this sickness, illness, death, all this kind of stuff. So you go through chapter after chapter after chapter. But when did his situation change? When he said when he prayed for his friends. Mm-hmm. That's when everything changed for him. So we talked about be careful what you pray for. But maybe the question you need to ask yourself is who are you praying for? And maybe because you're not praying for anybody, that's why God is not changing your situation. You so focused on what you're doing and where you're going and how God going to bless you that you're not concerned about anybody else walk with God. Yeah. So until you can start to pray for other people, that's why that will let God know that you're ready to go where he wants you to go. Because then you know it's not about you. It's about the people of God and not about you. So you can stay afflicted and Talk about all the stuff that's going on and worry about that and pray from that. Or you can say like, hey, how can I pray for David? How can I pray for Jeffrey? How can I pray for Kendrick? How can I pray for these other people so that God can position them where they want to be? And then 
through that, that's how God can bless me. Because now I'm mature enough to handle whatever he gonna go and do for me next because I know my contents. So I don't have to worry about my context when I know my content. I'm gonna say that again. No, you're talking good. I'm gonna say that again. I don't have I don't have to worry about my context if I know my content. And if I know my content, I know who put it there. Right. I, I, I got nice. I got nice. You know, we always trying to come up with those slogans for the t-shirts. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is what something you said just there for me. It was you can either remain afflicted or be affected. So that that's yeah. That's good. That, that's yeah. good. That's good. That's, that, good. That, that's the one. I, I stay where you are or pray for something. Because and it, it's it's so simple. It's so simple. Uh, and this is what I love about the things of God. We are the ones that overcomplicate them. It's so simple. All God wants us to do. What is God is love. What does He want us to do? He just wants us to love on people. Pray for someone. Mm-hmm. You worry about someone else, and I will worry about you. That's good. That's good. Well, look, David. David, say how we close it out. Say how I close. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! I I cannot wait for uh, another crossover episode. <laughs> you guys, you guys came with a heat. That's that's all I'm gonna say. You guys, you guys brought it today. So, uh, I'm gonna. Who's gonna do the honors for? Um, who's gonna do the the honors for for I Pro- progress on the socials? Oh well, uh, shoot. I guess. I mean, I guess I can do it since I'm used to doing it anyway. So uh, email us info at iprogresscc.com. You can follow us at iprogresscc at on Facebook, Instagram. Um, Look for more things like this uh, at crossover episodes. You will see David again um, doing some more stuff with us. So I, I told him he just feel right. He unofficially our progress. So he, he been in the mix for, for a while too. Um, and then, like I said, look for our life labs. We have them coming soon, 2020. If you really want to remove the things that are hindering you from where you think God is moving you toward, definitely get into these life labs because we're going to focus on what you need to filter out. Not what's wrong with you, what you need to filter out uh, so you can be better prepared for that. So definitely look out for that. Uh, and I'm just I'm just telling you, get more people involved. Share it with people. If you really enjoy it today, share it with other people. Get them involved. Tell them how to get into the group. Tell them kind of how to access what we're doing, where we have it, all those things, because this is for y'all. Like, even though we get a lot out of it, it's really for you uh, and your growth. And so we want that whatever, however your growth is, uh, what you want to grow in, we want to be able to provide a way for you to do that. So I'll be quiet and let David go with his stuff. <laughs> So you can catch me on um, on Imperfectly Human with Terrence every Friday at 9 a.m. You can catch me on the Daily Perspective 
every Friday, every Thursday at 9 a.m. That's 9 a.m. GMT. So that's What's that? What's that? Your time? <laughs> six, six hours different. Six hours different. Yeah. Um, uh, you can get. You can connect with me on Instagram at dydaily. On Twitter at dydaily. You can email me david at dailyperspective.co.uk. You can check out the blog uh, www.dailyperspective.co.uk. And um, yeah, one thing. I am, I am an open book. So I live my life as an open book. I've got, um, and as I've always said, I'm a flawed individual, but and I recognize that, and I thank God for His grace. But what that's allowed me to do is to live freely in expressing my faith to others, because I'm no long, I no longer condemn myself. For being human because I realized that what Christ did on the cross tops whatever I could do. So, um, so yeah, so connect with me. You'll see I'm dude. I love uh, uh, the Washington football team because we changed our name. And stuff like <laughs> I, I like, I like sports. I, I like, I'm a regular dude. And so are these guys. They are regular guys. And, you know, we are no, we, we don't put ourselves on a pedestal or anything like that. We are just sharing what God has poured into our lives. And we really hope that you continue to be blessed by, by what we're sharing. Uh, but we're going to close this off the way that we normally do and remind you that Christianity is a personal walk and relationship between you and God. You are not, will not, and never will be perfect, but that's okay. God loves you and wants you to come just as you are. His grace covers all. Live free from condemnation and do not crucify yourself. Be renewed by the grace of God through Christ Jesus and become who you were created to be. And with that, signing off. All right. God bless. Have a good one.